0: Hey Block Party, welcome back. On this episode, we talk augmented reality with Nils Phil, CEO and founder of Auki Labs and Matterless Studios. Auki Labs is on the cutting edge of AR technology. They're building advanced peer-to-peer positioning protocols and AR cloud infrastructure to enable a new era of spatial computing. Their vision is to create the protocol layer that the future of AR will be built on. We talk about why the where in AR matters as much, if not more, than the what, how AR will dominate over VR in the metaverse, how Labs is helping to build that, and more. We hope you enjoy this episode. Block Party is a tech culture podcast. We do tech for the people. We cover topics ranging from cryptocurrencies, blockchain, augmented reality, artificial intelligence, and more. Our guests include entrepreneurs, creatives, and influencers. Block Party takes a unique view of tech through the lens of the people living it. Block Party is tech culture. the you know i have a lot of questions actually because i had a chance to look at some of the stuff you guys are doing and basically you know there's there's two companies right um uh, there are two aki labs yes. and matterless is that um are, are they one in the same where you guys basically just y- using uh matterless to introduce some of the technology that aki Ocu, these OcuLabs are two are different on? companies that i'm i'm the
1: ceo of both for now but i may not uh the CEO of Matterless indefinitely. definitely I'm trying to find someone to shoulder that responsibility. Um, but essentially Matterless is a product built on top of the protocol that Aoki is building. Um, so Matterless was the first like demo product that we were building and so many people liked Matterless that it got independently funded and now it has its own uh, quite sizable team. So Matterless is its own team of 20 people
0: gotcha okay and and you know what i, I got i kind of got ahead of myself basically because I, if uh if we're if we're um if we wanted to you know start this off properly i actually just wanted uh you to tell us a bit about yourself and how you first off got into augmented reality like what, what was that impetus to get involved
1: i got involved in augmented
0: reality in a
1: really dumb way to be honest uh, i had a Colleague at my former workplace, who was really into Warhammer, the tabletop game. Okay. And he uh, challenged me to a game. I didn't have any Warhammer, so I went to the local Warhammer store uh, in Hong Kong, and I kind of fell in love with the company that makes Warhammer. I thought, like, wow, these guys have figured it out. Like, they're selling me the minis, they're selling me the paints, they're selling me the books, they're selling me the brushes. Like these guys, have really figured something out. And I thought it would be really cool to go work for that company. They seem really smart, but I didn't want to apply for a job. So I sat down for a few weeks and thought, like, what could I do that would add value to this hobby? And I arrived at, you know, I think I found that two million people a month watch competitive Warhammer games online on YouTube. And I thought, like, these, these would be so much easier to understand if there was AR uh, in these games. They would you know, just make it so much easier to get it. So I'm gonna start a little startup making AR for Warhammer. Uh, But I very quickly ran into uh, the same trouble that I think a lot of people are running into right now in that it turns out that doing shared AR, meaning that many people can see the same thing at the same place, is incredibly difficult to do. Um, Basically impossible um because the device doesn't know very precisely where it is you know we're we're so used to thinking that the device knows where it is because we just ask you know the gps where are we but that's a very low resolution image of the world which is enough for us to you know find our way to the grocery store but it's not enough for two devices to agree on where to render uh something right so if i wanted to put like a an ar NFT painting right here on the wall right and i wanted my device to see it there and i wanted your device to see it there We cannot uh, rely on GPS to do that uh, because it'll place that painting several meters
0: apart if we're unlucky. Gotcha. And uh, excuse my ignorance, I actually just Googled what Warhammer was. So it's basically a real-time or 3D world strategy game similar to, you know, like Uh, Clash uh, of Clans or something like this.
1: No, no, there are computer games, but it's actually a tabletop game originally. Right, right. That's that's what I'm looking
0: at, yeah. The, the Yeah, table yeah. Time. so it's not
1: real-time, it's a, it's a turn-based, you know, it's like chess on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's played with a measuring tape, right? And you roll dice, and a lot of the game comes down to making measurements. And I thought like, well, these measurements could be a lot cooler if they were in AR, if we could see, you know, what is the range of this unit, if we could see that, you know, what is the movement potential of this unit, if we could see these things. It would make the game a lot more engaging than watching people with like measuring tapes doing stuff like that just doesn't look very cool so i wanted right. to like turn this tabletop game into an esport, essentially you know like get all the cool ar bells and whistles uh and it just turned out that that's really really difficult to do and then in april last year uh because we had been working on this problem for so long we ended up inventing the world's first instant calibration technique that allows uh, two or more devices to agree with millimeter precision without any setup time, uh, uh, where things are in the world, which is an absolute like night and day difference for the quality of AR. Because today, if you want to do shared AR, you either have to have like a physical marker as a reference, which means that you know you have to take the marker with you to where you're going, or you have to go to where the marker is, which is you know not very good for for multiplayer stuff, or you have right. to do like very slow, physically involved calibration processes where like, for example, in Pokemon Go, shoulder to shoulder, and then point our devices at a shared object in the distance. And then we have to slowly walk around this object together for 30 seconds, and then we can do shared AR. Like it's very, very complicated. And in April, right. we invented the world's first way to just instantly get that done, which means it's the first time ever technologically that something happening in AR, not something with AR, but something actually in AR can go viral from one person to another. That wasn't technically possible before. Like an AR app can go viral like in the app store, but a specific moment, something happening in AR could not transfer from one
0: person to another before. And we made that possible. Right, and and for our audience who's a little bit like less technically savvy, a marker is essentially something you would purchase alongside a uh, typical like consumer product a vr consumer product like a like an oculus or something where you put that in the room
1: and it is a marker would be something physical with certain physical dimensions that by looking at it because you already know how big it is you can
0: reason about how far away from it you are gotcha so so the journey from you know uh warhammer uh essentially led you to the creation of oki labs um yeah and you already mentioned some of the, the GPS properties uh, that you guys are using to create this augmented reality. And as a tangent, I actually have actually wanted to ask you when you were talking about the measuring tape, what you think about the uh, you know the built-in measuring tapes that the iPhones or the you know the Androids have. I, I want to ask. They're you They're super about good.
1: That. They're super accurate. Yeah. So that was the idea. Like, wow, these are so accurate. Why don't we make these kinds of AR measurements, which are not based on GPS like at all? They're based on something called SLAM simultaneous okay. location and mapping like it uses the phone's uh camera and onboard sensors like the gyroscope and accelerometer uh to reason about how much it has moved and how much it has rotated but it doesn't use the gps at all like the gps is not involved in that process with the the built-in measuring thing right gps is a satellite the satellite is not involved in you using your ar app to measure how big a table is uh, but if you want to If you wanted a second device to see the exact same measurement that you are seeing in the exact same place, that's the difficult part because the devices don't actually know where they are in the world uh, precisely enough. So even though I could describe, you know, the longitude and latitude and altitude of this point right here, like I could do that, that's not going to help because the phone that's looking at this does not know its own longitude, latitude and altitude accurately enough to be able to draw the asset in the same place across many devices. So if you try that, you'll you'll find that indoors, it doesn't work at all, because GPS actually requires line of sight, like it, it just does not work indoors. And if you're outdoors, you'll still typically get two to five meters of discrepant positioning. Like GPS can put you on the right street corner, but it can't put you in the right cubic Centimeter,
0: you know what I mean? I do. In fact, um, I actually had some ch- a chance to look at some of the information and uh, content you released to the public uh, on your website. Uh, you did an AMA on your YouTube channel, which which I thought was really informative. So it, it detailed oh, the yeah yeah. I really liked it. Actually, it was like very de- very uh, succinct. So you you detailed the current state of AR as well as the f- future impact of of what you've. I don't know if you've coined this term, but persistent AR. Um, you know, I could tell that you've thought pretty deeply on the direction that AR is headed, as well as the implications. Uh, you know, AR will have on our society from from how we interact with it, as well as where and uh, how these interactions will will shape our uh, quote unquote reality. Because you seem to have, you have some opinions on on what reality is, and and basically the world essentially. Uh, could you could you detail some of these predictions for our audience, just the, 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 similar to to how you did in the AMA, and, and essentially the thought process behind it? Absolutely. So. Uh...
1: The, the claim I made in the AMA is sometime in the next two decades uh, the digital display industry, like the displays that are on your, your phone, the displays you might see in the subway, the display that's your TV, this entire industry is going to die and go the way of the fax machine, right? It's just going to be a medium that we're not going to use at all anymore. And it's not because everyone's going to move to VR. It's because everyone's going to move to AR and there are some very strong uh, economic, but also like behavioral reasons for why this will happen. And one of the, you know, just from a user experience point of view, one of the things that's very limiting with a phone is that the phone's display is quite small, meaning that the interfaces that we can interact with are quite small. It's nicer to sit at you, you know, your 30 inch curved monitor than it is to sit on your phone because there right. there's more stuff that you can see. But uh, if you had a precise enough AR experience, there's nothing stopping you from having, you know, a 90 inch curved virtual monitor that you could see with a pair of AR glasses, right? Uh, So uh, AR allows us to have interfaces that are as as big as we want them to be, which is is very helpful. But the reason we can't do that today is that the positioning is not precise enough. Like it's not easy for the AR to actually place it there. um, And, so the the ar glasses are going to fail at like put it putting putting things nicely where they're supposed to be but economically right. something very interesting happens as well because uh if if you had ar glasses on and there was you know what we call persistent ar meaning that things are rendered precisely where they're supposed to be in the world for everybody and it stays there like it's just you know you put on your glasses and now you see this alternative world and everyone sees the same alternative world or at least can see the same alternative world what's interesting is in that alternative world every ad impression can be personalized right and ad impressions that are personalized typically get you you know on the order of 20 times more money you just need something like 5% of the population in a city like new york to be wearing these ar glasses before it makes more sense for the advertisers to forget about the print advertising to forget about the digital display advertising in the subway and these kinds of things and instead have virtual ads that are every ad is personalized for every person and you can very easily uh, you can very easily uh, replace them uh, without you know having to maintain costly infrastructure of the digital displays mm-hmm. right and I think that That means essentially as soon as the positioning problem is solved and you can deliver an experience like this, there are incredibly strong economic incentives uh, that will push the digital display to die. The digital display is also the part of your phone that uses the most battery actually, and it's the most limiting part of your phone. So if you could remove the display and instead have more battery, uh, you know, uh, like actually more physically more battery but also hours wise more battery and use right. that uh, to fuel a pair of ar glasses that doesn't require uh, uh i believe as, as much battery uh per hour as um as a phone does actually then you're in in a very very good position it's a win-win all around and also you know economically at the end of the day you have to go to the grocery store you have to go to the gym there's a bunch of places you have to go in the real world that you just can't go to in VR, right? And for a very long time, if not forever, you will spend more time in the real world than in VR. And that means that, again, the economic interest, as soon as the positioning problem is solved, will push it so that uh, industry commerce will move to AR instead of VR. It just makes financial sense.
0: Right, and essentially you're saying that VR would, would remain an escapist, which would actually, like its name implies, augment, the, the current 3D world, where we actually live, and it would help us.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I think you know when you go into VR, that is, uh, as you said, it's an act of escapism. It's not actually uh, participating in the, you know, the same world that we all go to. And of course, you can have like nice shared experiences in VR. Um, but right. I, I think at the end of the day, everyone wants to inhabit the, the same reality. Everyone wants to actually be able to go outside. Uh, I don't think humanity would be happier if we all spent eighteen hours a day with VR headsets on. Uh, I hope that's not the future we're headed towards. And I think if we can crack the positioning problem so that AR becomes an alternative instead, I think that's the path that humanity will go. And you know you can with a quick back of the napkin calculation show that once that technology uh, is invented, it unlocks literally trillions of dollars of of market opportunity. Uh, and that's why, uh, all the big companies—Apple, Google, Microsoft, uh, Meta, and Snap—are spending a lot of money trying to solve the positioning problem. Like as as much money is being spent on metaverse right now. Much much more money is being spent on spatial computing, which is really you know the in the know code word for we are trying to build the next thing that replaces the
0: GPS. Gotcha, that's interesting. And um, you know we just we just spoke about some concept concepts of space uh, in relation to reality, the current limitations of AR technology, whether that's uh, the protocol layer or whether it's the hardware. So you mentioned the display technology we're using, and then you also mentioned essentially the next step towards that, which is the uh, the, the wearables, right, the wearable tech. And something yeah. interesting you mentioned um, on that AMA was the integrated aspect, which would be the the, the level above that. And you mentioned some companies which are actually working on that. Which uh, a lot of you know, a lot of our audience might already be familiar with Neuralink. And um, you know, I mean, Mojo-vision. to me, like Mojo Vision, right? You mentioned Mojo Vision as well. Um, could could you talk about well, essentially why why the current state is lat? You know, what we currently have is what uh, what it's doing to make that better in the future for users by by creating that that shared augmented reality experience and and how it's moving towards that integrated. Um, integrated AR experience that you mentioned on that AMA?
1: Sure. If if I can take you on a little walk.
0: um, Yeah, absolutely.
1: Let's go back (laughs) to like the 80s and imagine a counterfactual. 3D graphics are just never invented. But time goes on anyhow. Multiplayer gaming is invented. MMORPGs are invented. They're just not in 3D. They're, you know, 2D, whatever. They're black and white. The graphics are shit. I can personally right. imagine that in such a world where multiplayer gaming exists but the graphics are not very good, gaming is still big. But I can't imagine the opposite where multiplayer gaming is never invented but graphics are twice as good as they are today and gaming is still popular. Like I don't think the graphics is ultimately what drives the behavior of gaming, right? That's not where the the fun comes from. It's a little bit of sprinkle on top. And right. another way that we can think about that is if there were a pair of AR glasses on the market today where the only thing that they could do is leave simple black and white text labels on things like you can leave text labels for people and they really appear right there for everybody that have the glasses on reliably right there, I think there would be a market for those glasses. It's not what's missing. is not the, the graphics, the quality of, 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 of What the glasses can render. What's missing is the fact that you can't create without solving positioning a product like that that leaves little notes for people in the world because the devices genuinely don't know precisely enough where they are in the world. So, what's missing from making AR multiplayer possible is precise positioning. And what we invented back in April, the thing that we call instant calibration, is based on the idea, this realization that we had that actually we don't need to know where the little notes are exactly in the world. Like, that's the intuitive thing that you would think of, you know, like where exactly in the world are the notes, what you need to know, actually, is where are the things that I'm supposed to render relative to myself? And if we're going to have a shared experience, all we need to know is not where are we in the world exactly? Um, All we need to know is where are we relative to each other exactly? So if I know that you are exactly 237 centimeters to my left and your rotation is exactly 14 degrees different from mine, that's enough for us to render an AR object in exactly the same location. Does that make sense?
0: It does, it does. But we don't need to know that
1: we're in Portugal. Like that doesn't matter, right? It, 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 It doesn't matter at all. The trick to shared AR is not knowing where you are in the world. The trick is knowing where you are relative to the other people that you're looking at things with, and when we had that um, realization, we very quickly came up with a, a solution. We built a prototype for it, and as you can see in in the black paper, if I can just plug blackpa- blackpaper.alkiverse.com as you of can course. see in in the demo videos there, we can instantly uh, get two devices to agree on. Uh, where things are. And in any other shared AR experience that you can find online, if you can find the time uh, or the the moment in the experience where they did the calibration, you'll find that the calibration took several seconds up to a minute. So, And also uh, in any other shared AR experience, everyone has to join at the same time and we don't, which is pretty cool. Um, So we have essentially made it possible for the first time to have like a true social AR experience where something can uh, go virally from one person to another. You know, I can be looking at something right here and then you want to join my experience and you do that just by scanning my display. And then Chris wants to join too. And he scans your display. He doesn't even have to scan mine. Right. And so on, it goes through a whole crowd of people until, you know, 500 people are looking at the same thing together. Uh, And what our invention did is essentially make something like that possible. And you asked about the integrated era and like how we're, how we're moving towards that, right? As I said, like I don't personally believe that the thing that's holding AR back is the form factor of handhelds versus wearables. But there will, of course, be an evolution from handhelds to wearables and eventually to integrated era. But along with this development, we also have to have improvements in positioning because otherwise people are just not gonna be interested. And we are just at the cusp of going into the wearable era now and the wearable era still super sucks because you can't have shared experiences with the glasses on, right? And, um, because there's been so much effort on, uh, rendering and you can't, uh, share the compute resources required to do the slam and a a bunch of things like this, uh, AR is still very, very nascent, but what we are building could essentially be described as a uh, collaborative positioning engine. And that allows us a couple of things. It allows uh, for less uh, human uh, involvement, like less looking around the world to uh, find your initial location. But it also uh, allows us to use many orders of magnitude, less data uh, being traded between the devices to figure out exactly where we are. Because the amount of data we need to share to talk about where we are relative to each other compared to the amount of data we have to share to figure out where we are in the world, is like really, it's like less than 1% of the data needed, which means it's a lot easier to do it in poor internet connections. It's a lot easier to do it with fewer servers. It's just a lot cheaper. It's a lot better, uh, but also because of this, it uses uh, less computation, mm-hmm. like it's less draining on the battery. And because we're doing these things collaboratively, we can actually share some of these CPU loads uh, and radically reduce the battery consumption of AR experiences as well. So we we think that what we've uh, invented and what we're building towards is essentially the thing that makes augmented reality become a real meaningful thing and not just a gimmick that you play with for 30 seconds and then you're tired of it.
0: Yeah, and in that actually in that same vein. So th- this might be an entirely separate conversation, but since I already brought it up in the beginning, Aki um, Labs, like you just mentioned, it would be essentially the infrastructure or the AR protocol layer that you know um, other developers or engineers could build on top of. And I was shown that you know really cool uh, demonstrations uh, or demonstration on what Aki uh, Labs or, or Matterless is working on, which is you know allows users to interact with these uh, digital pet avatars almost like Pokemon, right? In, um, in 3D space. And um, it, why, why did you and the team go with this particular theme, you know, of digital pets, of introducing the AR technology behind Oculus to the public? Is it because, you know, this is something that's, that's fun, one, or is it a, a gateway for, for um, ideas to develop uh, amongst the public or amongst people who are interested in AR technology?
1: I think that one of the most cool things about ar is that it allows us to reconceptualize how people see things like in the real world what do i mean by that well let's say see that you and i are walking through a forest and we come across a fallen tree and i say that looks like a nice couch because i (laughs) said that you actually perceive the tree differently now. You actually see the sittingness of the tree, whereas you might not have seen that before. Right? And this is a game people like to play. You, know? You, know, you just lie on your back, look up at the sky, look at clouds, and you say, like, oh, that one looks like a chicken. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. You, do right. you know what I mean? Language right. in itself is like actually augmented reality. Language is augmented reality. And augmented reality is like the latest development of what language is. It allows us to change how people see the world. How does this matter with like matterless pets? Well, a cool thing that we noticed is that if I'm looking at, you know, some AR pet right there and you're looking at it too with your device at the same time, and then I stop looking at it, but you're still looking at it, there's a part of me that still sees that boardwalk like the pet is there, right? If there was a pet on my, an AR pet on my couch and then I stop looking at it, but I know that you can still see it. There's a part of me that sees the couch differently. This is a couch with an invisible pet on it. I've actually changed the way the person perceives the real space. And that's super cool, right? So we figured, what can we do with this ability to paint real space with AR? Well, if we can create this sense of presence, then maybe we can really create the sense of companionship, actually. What's the difference between like a Tamagotchi or Pokemons and Pokemon Go uh, and Matterless. Well, the difference is you can show me, right? Like if, if you are playing with your Pokemon in AR and I come and say, can I see it too? You have to, like, it's literally impossible. There is no way, but in Matterless, we've made that possible. So you can be sitting, petting your, your invisible pet. And I go like, what are you doing? And you say, I oh, just scan my display and now I can see the exact same thing. I see the pet right there. It really is an invisible pet, not just a camera filter. Does that make sense?
0: It does, it does. That's really cool. And is, is this like a, a fun way of introducing AR tech to the public? I, I think it is.
1: Yeah, we think it's one of the coolest things you can do with AR. is actually create something that feels real, that feels like a friend. You know, like yeah. Tamagotchis were already so engaging. How much more engaging is a Tamagotchi going to be when you can see it in the real world and it can play with other tamagotchis, like it's it's gonna be nuts,
0: yeah, and, and I want to ask uh, do, do you guys have like a a roadmap for for matterless or oculabs how how they plan to um you know how you guys plan to uh, release updates or frameworks for what you guys are trying to achieve? are you guys trying to build out like the uh, the community or the ecosystem for matterless? i mean, you know this, this obviously this is uh you know it could be a top secret or you know i I just want to know if there's milestones you guys are planning to achieve um
1: there are are, are definitely milestones and published roadmaps for for auki labs if you go to blackpaper.aukiverse.com you can see our uh, roadmap on there this is a living document Uh, that we update regularly with uh, new thoughts and new updates on how we're doing with the roadmap and for matterless uh, we have a similar document at uh, bit.ly slash matterless deck um, where you can also see the roadmap for Matterless um, and of course you could also visit our Discord communities and just talk to us directly there on either discord.gg slash matterless or discord.gg slash outgivers um, and, and talk to the engineer, see what we're up to we give we give frequent updates and we're really passionate about what we're building. We We think that you know, AR has been something that ever since people saw it for the first time, you know, 10, 15 years ago, people have had like very high expectations of what it could be. And people have always ended up disappointed with the real experience. And I think this is the first time that we're building something that I think won't make people disappointed.
0: Gotcha. And <clears throat> do you think um, the the release or the future iterations of Aki and Matterless will depend on market adoptions and new hardware? just because you did mention the a certain unpredictability. So one of the things I actually really liked in that AMA was you were talking in the beginning about how AR was extremely popular alongside social media and then essentially social media eclipsed it by, I think, a factor of like one to 100 or one to 95 yeah. or some, something like this. Um, yeah, do you 1 think to that the, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think the uncertainty or or rather the unpredictability of a, of a market like AR um, Will create difficulty achieving mainstream adoption or what you guys have planned? You know, like, it, is it contingent? Is what you, got, are, are what you guys creating contingent upon certain adoptions in the market taking place with AR? Is,
1: I know, think what we nice. are building is contingent on us being able to deliver what we are building. Like, what happened with AR versus social media was that social media had a memetic vector, but AR didn't. See, are you familiar with the meme theory by any chance?
0: Uh, you 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 talked about meme theory, and I, I was going to actually ask you what what is meme theory for for someone who so, doesn't understand it, like so myself. Meme, you know, like genetics, but for ideas
1: that uh, the best ideas will survive by propagating from person to person. Um, okay. The, so a meme in its original, like now, it means funny picture, whatever, or a joke. Right. But when the word was first in, invented in the late seventies, uh, it meant like an information equivalent or a behavior equivalent to a gene, you know, some piece of behavior that could be passed from one person to another. And that's a very helpful framework to think of because like if, if if we think of social media, social media is ultimately about showing other people what we're doing. Right. So the behavior of social media naturally spreads because we're going to show people that we are using social media by using social media. Right. Whereas the behavior of secretly picking your nose in your bedroom is not going to spread because no one can see you do that right so um this is the same problem with AR that people can't see you do AR you can't invite people to do AR with you there's no mimetic vector for the AR to spread so even though it was a very promising technology and people were very excited about it initially there was just no way for it mimetically to catch on there was no viral mechanism of AR it was only talked about in like uh, tech publications that were excited about everything that it could be in the future. But as soon as people realized there's something missing here, this is not fun. It just died out. And I wholeheartedly believe that the thing that was missing was the ability to see things in the same place at the same time so that you can have like a multiplayer experience.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, that does that does make a lot of sense. Um, and- you know, is the current objective uh, for, for Matterless or AkiLab specifically, are you guys trying to onboard uh, creators, you know, designers, engineers uh, first? Or are you trying to make it available to the wider community right now or, or in the near future? Um, which, so, which Matterless one
1: actually has a beta out now uh, for our Patreon backers. So uh, Madalus has a, a Patreon uh, where people donate $4 a month, half goes to our development team and half goes to a nature charity that the community votes on every month. Um, so recently we have been supporting tigers in India and snow leopards uh, in the Himalayas. Awesome. And for the people that support our Patreon, uh, they can play with the latest playwith. Um And of course the Aukey Tech is out, to the extent that you can actually use Matterless, which is built on top of it. Um, but what we're doing is we're building out both the Matterless application on the Matterless side and the underlying protocol on the Aoki side. And uh, we're not really onboarding creators. I guess you could say that. Aukey is onboarding creators, You know, onboarding new projects that are building on top of this, like uh, Animoca is already building uh, a, a product on top of the Aukeyverse, which we're very excited about. Um, and we're expanding the team. The Aoki team is over 30 people now. Uh, the Matterless team is 20 people now. And just in April last year, we were two and a half people. Uh, wow! So we've 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 grown very very quickly.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's definitely fast. And um, yeah, it's that's awesome. So and of course I have to ask this because you know it's the topic du jour. But the, the world of Web three, NFTs, crypto, you know, um, it, it's been chaotic to say the least and i'm sure you're aware of this so does Aki or matterless you know plan to to operate within the realm of nfts and crypto are you guys planning to incorporate some sort of blockchain tech into these unique ar experiences that you guys are creating um, for the community Uh,
1: both companies are touching blockchain technology in uh, different ways Uh, the auki protocol uh, will have a settlement layer where the apps that are using the service but also people that help create the service you know back providers people like this have a nice circular economy where we are using the token to reward each other and pay for the service um, which is nice because we can have a you know very efficient trustless settlement layer for making sure that this service stays up and running um, and we will actually be using nfts in, i think a very original way uh in the Aoki platform as well, where you'll be able to own uh, calibration markers that you can place in the world that serve as a skeleton or uh, something that uh, it's hard to get into, but uh, essentially it helps other people calibrate into the AR worlds that you are building, like little portals, calibration portals that you can put up in places. And when people use your calibration portals, uh, you get rewarded for that. Part of the uh, fees for using the Alcuverse tech gets awarded to the calibration provider. So you'll be able to own these markers as non-fungible tokens, which is you know kind of wild because it's not a JPEG, right?
0: We think. Intu- a good idea? Uh, I think it's a. I actually think it's a fantastic idea. These markers are sort of like um, AR digital plot. Uh, real estate notes. I, I want to like, you know, I want to use as many buzzwords as possible to describe this, but um, I'm actually, huge, yeah, I'm I'm actually a huge fan of people using uh, NFTs for different purposes besides creating, um, you know, uh, JPEGs, because I think NFTs are so much more. I mean, they're essentially digital assets that can do a lot more, you know, they can run uh, smart contracts. So like, I'm, <clears throat> I'm actually really I'm actually really impressed by what you just said. That's uh that's awesome. So uh you know yeah, these markets we're
1: very excited about it. I'm I am not a crypto native. In fact, I'm like I'm quite uh crypto skeptical. Like I think most of the things that are happening in the market right now is a lot of hopefully with the things they're saying they're gonna build. Um you know, it's easy to get funded right now. Um but we when we realized that we could use Uh, blockchain to create this settlement layer and to create incentives for people to help us build this uh, ecosystem, Um, which is, you know, almost two years into our journey before we realized that blockchain had any part of this. Um, So we didn't start from like, hey, let's make a blockchain something, something. Uh, Rather, you know, we were building something for the real world. And after a while realized, you know what, blockchain would actually help us here. Um, right, and I, I think that's a better place to start from.
0: A hundred percent. I hundred wholeheartedly agree with what you just said. Absolutely. Like it's like, hey, we need this technology to make this better. You know, as opposed to let's build something on this technology just because it's hot right now. You know. Um, yeah, definitely agree with that. And uh, finally, before you know, we we conclude this conversation. Uh, you know, for the for the audience at home listening on the edge of their seat, you know, impatiently waiting, you know, to play with this AR tech. Um, is there anything that the team is currently working on to, to plan to release in the near future that you know they they uh, they might get access to uh, soon or anything that you know they're um, absolutely. You can for. play with Matterless now um, by going to
1: discord.gg/matterless. You'll uh, find our community and you'll be able to find our Patreon through there. And if you sign up for the Patreon, you uh, can try the private beta right now. Uh, the public beta will be later this year for for Matterless. And for Aoki, well, if you're an app developer that's looking to make AR apps, uh, you can build on it now already. Uh, you just need to get touch, uh, get in touch with us. You can uh, either join us at discord.gg slash aukiverse or uh, send me an email. I'm nils at aukielabs.com and let us know what kind of app you wanna build and we'll onboard you to the private data of the uh, protocol.
0: Awesome, um, Nils, I was gonna ask you to plug Hey, you know all your socials all your everything uh it looks like you just did which is great you know um anyone listening um definitely follow them on all their social media platforms check out their website uh the black paper i'm definitely going to take a look at the black paper because this is definitely one of the more interesting projects that uh that we've come across thank you so, very much Yep, yeah, i appreciate your time and um hopefully everyone listening uh check out uh aki labs check out matterless and uh see what they're working on